0: good morning and welcome to the special broadcast that we're doing as part of men's health week my name's Stuart this is learn live channel and i'm delighted to be joined by charlotte hi charlotte
1: hi thank you for having me i think it's a really important topic topic that we're talking about
0: so important and thanks for for joining us here on learn live to talk about this topic especially during uh men's men's health week which i know is happening right now this week and a lot of um lot of events and a lot of awareness lot about of men's yeah. health as well and of course mental health is a big part of that so before we get into that I just want to um, ask you how, how did you get into this I mean what's your background on uh, um
1: Well I've worked in mental health for around 17 years since I was a young person myself. Um, I started off doing voluntary work at Bernardo's, where I was working with young people who were diagnosed with learning difficulties but with mental health problems as well. Um, when I went off to university um, I got a job as a support worker um, and it's since then I did my degree in psychology uh, and my master's and then throughout my career then I've worked in various settings various mental health settings um, within cams um, and it's following that that I decided to train as a cognitive behavioral therapist so that's what how what i work as now yeah
0: so sometimes known as cbt cbt uh, but yeah. uh, so there's a whole a whole broadcast there about cbt that we could yeah have, isn't there? yeah <laughs> there's a lot of layers to that um but i mean is it i mean for someone who's been in this profession for for over 17 years is there a, an increase i mean have you noticed things changing or is it because we're just more aware of it now do you think
1: I think we're definitely more aware about it and i think um, a lot more people are talking about mental health but i don't think the services um are in place right. to support um not only young people but adults you know with mental yeah. health problems and men with mental health problems um i personally think that there is a rise in the number of young people and men especially that are struggling Um they say one in six one in five men are struggling with the mental health but they're obviously only the men that are reporting that they are struggling. Um, the same with with young people and boys. They say one in eight young people are struggling, but again, that's only the people that are actually recorded as having a mental health problem. Okay, so
0: why is it? Do you think it's important for you know for 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 boys to speak up about the things? Let's take boys because obviously we, we do yeah. a lot of work with schools, and I know you meet a lot of young people in schools. Um, I mean, if you could advise them about speaking up, is it, is it just something we're not so very good at doing, as you
1: think, as, as, as men? Are we just like, Do we find it hard to express our feelings, really? Um, I think that there's a lot of stere- outdated, stereotypical attitudes that still exist around men. Um, I still hear comments such as man up, um, boys don't cry. So I think it's then even more difficult for men to speak up. A lot of men struggle from experience to speak to family and friends. So sometimes it's speaking to somebody else, uh, uh, do you know, um, a teacher at school, if we're talking about boys, do you know, a trusted adult within their life uh, and letting them know that they're struggling. Um, but I think the first step and actually admitting that they're struggling and that they've got mm. a problem, I think that's yeah. the hardest step. Um, mm. But I think following that, and once they're able to talk to somebody about that, tell somebody that they're struggling, I think it leads to a lot. A lot more easier yeah. and better steps following that.
0: What about teachers then? Because if they spend a lot of time with these young people, I mean, what advice can you give them about what they can look out for? Because Sometimes we all have a bad day, don't we? we all, you know, if anything can make us moody, I suppose. It could be, you know, something that you've you may have missed a bus or you you know, you just had a, a fight with your brother or your sister or something like that. But if it's a long if it's something that's long term, what do you think teachers can be looking out for in a young person?
1: Well, I think first and foremost it's important to recognise that we've all got mental health, do you know, and any of us can go through times of difficulties. Um, I come from a family of teachers, so um, I understand that teachers aren't mental health professionals, um, but I think a lot of the the time these days they're expected to fulfil that role. I think for teachers, um, it's um, being able to have that com- confidence to have a difficult conversation with a young person about the mental health. So noticing changes, so it might be changes in personality. Um, it might be that they're coming into late, um, coming into school late in the morning or not attending school. You might find that they're withdrawing from activities, doing things that they usually enjoyed, or um, avoiding spending time with family, okay. friends. But I think as well what's important is to distinguish between mental health, mental health problems, and then mental health diagnosis. Mm. So any of us, like you say, can go through times of difficulty and any of mm. us can have a bad day mm. where we're struggling with our mental health.
0: Mm. And what about their friends? I mean, you know, any friends who may listen to this and. They're worried about their friends what what can they do in the first instance to try and support them?
1: I think um encouraging them to talk, I think a lot of the time, especially with males, if you asking somebody how they are you how are you mate you know, but mm. you'd never actually stop and wait for the reply, so to speak. so actually asking them twice or so saying you know are you actually all yes. right?" so giving them time to answer and showing them that it's a safe mm. place to talk. Um letting your friends know or letting them know that you're there for them. Um so even though they might not be ready to talk at that moment in time, letting them know that you are there when they're ready to talk. Yeah. I think for somebody who's struggling to speak up, sometimes they can write it down to let somebody know, you know, um send an email, send a text to somebody. If they're finding it difficult to actually speak up, then there's other means of letting people know. Mm. Okay. I mean, from
0: a young person's perspective, there's a lot of distraction these days, probably more so than there was 20 years ago, you know, with phones and and social media. Are are you seeing those impacts? I I mean, you're going into schools. are you seeing that starting to have an impact potentially on a young person's mental state and mental health and the way that they, um, you know, think sometimes everyone thinks they've got lots of friends, for example, because they've got so many friends on, on social media? But when the truth is physical friends, you know, it it may not be the case. You know, people don't tend to um, group up around you, do they, when you're in trouble. So do you think that's part of the problem? People have that perception that they've got friends, but in fact it's difficult because of social media.
1: Yeah, and I think um, social media masks how somebody is really feeling. Um, Plus it portrays an idealist view of how people should look or um, it makes you think that from pictures and things that you see on social media that everybody's having an amazing life when really behind the scenes, they might be really struggling. Um, I think social media adds pressure to young people in terms of how they look um, and it gives them an idealist view on how they should look. Um, In terms of the friends, what's quite worrying is um, a lot of young people can actually buy likes now. So mm. with social media, um, whenever they get a like, it's that instant gratification. Do you know, your mm. brain releases dopamine. It's that feel-good mm. factor. So the more likes they get, the more they feel good. But then it's getting to the point where children think feel that they need to buy those likes in order to look good mm. towards their friends, you know, and to mm. other people on, on social media. Mm. Um, what's worrying in terms of technology is that... Um, I think it's two thirds of young people uh, teenagers check the phone various times throughout the night um, so they're constantly on the phone and it's not just young people you know it's adults mm. as well do you mm. know I think we feel sometimes that we've lost an arm if we've left our phone <laughs> behind absolutely you know?
0: yeah I think that's just the world we're in because we're always in touch aren't we uh, and more so now in through social media yeah. you feel like you're in touch when you you must reply to that whatsapp message yeah or that, um, that Facebook comment almost immediately. Yeah. Um, and so the pressure must be enormous. And are you finding that? I mean, when you really drill down into it, and I don't know if you do one-to-one with young people, yeah. but I assume you do as well. When you drill down to it, are you finding that this keeps coming up as a problem and the fact that they, they feel isolated even though they've got plenty of friends on social media?
1: Yeah, and I think research shows that young people who are struggling with anxiety and depression are more likely to go on social media, but then also research shows that self-esteem of young girls, well, and and boys, drops within minutes of being on social media. Um, Quite recently, there was a study released that said that social media hadn't, they found no effects on young people's happiness levels, but I was quite shocked by that um, Mm. research, because me personally, I think it has a huge impact on young people's levels of happiness. I mean the obviously
0: from you know you you're in there and you're trying to almost solve the problem, and I suppose in some respects, you wish that you could have been in there earlier with some young yeah. people, so we're trying to obviously try and prevent this from happening i mean how how dangerous is this because for a young person who's already suffering with mental health problems is is there a, is there a pattern that will then that, that will then move into their adult life as well?
1: well, research shows that fifty percent of adult uh, mental health problems started before the age of 15 and 75 percent oh. of adult problems um by the end of by your late teens so the majority of the adults adults that i work with they always refer to things that have happened in childhood which mm. has affected how they feel what's resulted then is they've gone through years of their life trying to cope um when at the end of the day we're never taught about how mm. to look after our mental health this is why I do so much work in skills because it frustrates me that um, from a young age we taught about how to look after our physical health and we taught about um, making sure we sleep well, eat well, right. do you know, um, exercise, but then we're never taught those skills of looking after our mental health, um, and I think there's so much stigma still there, do you know that why is it not from primary school age we're teaching young people about mental health how to Mm. recognize feelings and how to manage those difficult Mm. feelings Mm. so that we learn so young people are growing up with those skills to help them with adult life and to help help them cope with life's difficulties really So what sort of strategy
0: are you putting in place Charlotte? So you're going into a school and maybe you're, you're speaking to young people about what they can do to help themselves because I think There is this argument, isn't there, about resilience in young people. It may not be quite as strong as it was. I mean, this is obviously very stereotypical, but some people would say, oh, in our day they were more resilient to what's going on, and then these days they're not as resilient. I mean, is it that, or is it it, it something more fundamental than that that's causing these problems for them?
1: Um, I think there's numerous reasons as to what's causing the problems, but I do think there's pressures um, there to look um, a certain way and to act a certain way. What I'm currently doing in schools is that I've developed a mental health model for schools which looks at a whole school approach to supporting mental health um, which involves one-to-one interventions and group interventions with young people but primarily training staff so that staff can recognise signs and symptoms in young people early on and then they know where to signpost them to further support, but also so that the young people can recognise it in themselves. And ideally, you know, there's only so much that teachers and staff can do. We want the young people to be able to recognise that in themselves and know what to do, do you know, and how to help themselves. I think it's key to build resilience and develop resilience in young people. I think for um, for that to occur, I think young people need to have experienced some degree of psychological adversity to be able to build that resilience and cope with the challenges of life. Mm. Um, I always talk to young people about the importance of, I talk about an imaginary wellness toolbox on our back and that throughout life we learn skills and tools and techniques that are useful for us that we can add to our toolbox and then we can refer to at any point when we need to. Mm. Um, but it's important to find what works for you because we're all different, you know, and what works mm. for one person won't necessarily mm. work for somebody else. Mm. I think adults
0: as way, that I mean, if you've had a stressful day, you'll go home and you'll put a bit of music on you or know, exactly. you watch a program and so on, try and relax like that. If that's your way of relaxing. Uh, or you'll talk to a friend at length and I'll invite them round. And, yeah. um, for young people, is that, is that harder because they're kind of back on social again and they're back on their phones again? To, I mean, is there something they can do right away that will just, I suppose, declutter their brains of what's gone on that day and put them in a, in a more restful state?
1: Well, I always, um, I'm an advocate for mindfulness, because I think that uh, Yeah, tell me more about that, that's a a really good subject, isn't um, it? Yeah, well, mindfulness, it's all about um, paying attention to the present moment in the here and now. Um, Often, if you stop yourself at various points throughout the day, you'll find that you're thinking about something that's coming up or thinking about something that you have to do, or thinking about something that's happened, or, or overthinking about something that's happened in the past. Um, so often we're not in the here and now, okay? So it's important to to practice being more mindful by paying attention to what we're doing um, in the here and now. So that doesn't have to mean that we have to practice formal mindfulness activities every day, but it might be that when you're in the shower, you actually pay attention to being in the shower so your mind's not elsewhere, thinking about what you've got to do out of the shower. So pay attention to the feeling of your wa- the water on your body, You know the temperature, what you can hear, what you can... So okay. mindfulness, it's about um, slowing down. If I go into the garden, then I will think, God, there's so much that needs to be done. Yeah. My daughter will go into the garden and she'll say, wow, mum, look at this worm. So she's paying attention to what's important in life and pay, you know, and slowing yeah. down rather than constantly being in doing mode and thinking what we've got to do next, yeah. so to speak. Okay.
0: That's a good tip then, isn't it? So just be more aware of your surroundings. Almost put your phone down as well. Definitely, yeah, that's a massive definitely. distraction, isn't
1: it? Um, and I think what you were saying before about, do you know, mm. if we've had a bad day, we'll go home, and it's about learning what coping strategies are good for you and what are unhelpful for you. Mm. So social media, when you're feeling quite rubbish anyway, isn't all, always the, mm. do you know, the best thing, to, do, which a lot of young people will do. So they'll be at school all day, they'll get in, and, and the boys straight on social media, and obviously it affects mm. the mood mm. even you, more so.
0: Do you feel sorry for them? I mean, do you think they've been dealt a bad hand here because it just feels with this, this generation in particular. Not only have they got all the pressures that we had, with, you know, exams in school and the pressures of being at home sometimes, but then on top of that, they've got all this social media and this interaction, digital interaction that they, they're expected to be part of. Do you think it's, Do you think they're in a difficult place when it comes to this,
1: mental health? <laughs> Um, uh, definitely, and I think that's why I do so much work with young people and in schools because um I myself wouldn't never want to go back to being a teenager in in now, um because there are, there is those increased pressures um but the fact of social media, you know, and being the pressures to look a certain way, not only academically but these pressures too mm. with the likes of Love Island and mm. um programs so to speak. But, yeah, I do think there's an awful lot of pressures um, for young people these days, which is why I think, co- consequently, we're seeing the rise in number mm. of young people right. struggling.
0: And what about support for them, Charlotte? I mean, do you think we're giving them enough support? I mean, as parents, as, as teachers, as just their friends, do you think people recognise... The problems or do you think we're still all learning about the, the issues that mental health can, can, can raise in a young person?
1: Um, I think we're all still learning, very much so. Um, even though I'm doing a lot of training in schools, I think that every workplace um, should receive mental health first aid training, just equivalent to physical first aid training. Um, in terms of what's available for young people, um, 70% of young people who actually finally admit that they've got a problem then say that they don't get help early enough. So again, it's great that more people are speaking speaking up about the mental health, but these services aren't in place. Um, currently around eighty percent of CAMS referrals are turned away. So when young people are referred for the mental health support, mm. um, it's not always you know they're not always accepted. A lot of the, in a lot of the cases, they're not. Um, I think a lot is falling on schools yeah. and the pressure, and there is a lot of pressure on schools to do more, but I think it comes down to early intervention and prevention okay. um, and trying to, like we said, develop, build resilience in young people from mm. an early age. Mm. Do you know, allow them to realise that anxiety is normal. Do you know, we all feel anxious at times. Um, we all have bad days at times. It's okay not to feel okay, but then mm. giving them the skills and tools to be able to do something about it for those times when they're struggling.
0: It's interesting you say they're finally owning up to the fact that they've got a mental health problem. Is it is it worse in young people than it is in adults that they don't admit to having this? Can you mention they're quite a high start. that they, you know, they, there's a lot there that just don't admit it
1: and just kind of do they just shrug it off or ignore it. So what happens to them? I think they find it really difficult. I don't think there's a difference between adults or young no. people. I think we're um, all
0: guilty, they? yeah. Yeah, uh,
1: really, really struggle to talk about our mental health and um, that more
0: so in men do you think as well which is the key to this conversation really
1: definitely more so in men um it's a topic close to my heart um um my one of my best friends um, a couple of years ago a few years ago she lost a cousin um he took his own life now i was with him a few weeks before and obviously a mental health professional there's no way i would have guessed that he was struggling do you know and that he was depressed um and then 3 weeks later he he took his own life so People mask um, how they're feeling a lot of the time, I think more so for men. It's that fear of being judged as being weak, um, Mm. that stereotypical attitude where they need to be strong, they need Mm. to be the main breadwinner for the family. Um, But the brave ones are the ones who Mm. do speak out, you know. Well,
0: just help us with that then, because obviously we don't want that to happen very often, but if you are struggling, how do you actually know? I mean, is there anything that you... Is it because it's just gone on more than a couple of days, maybe, or is it just because you just find it difficult? Are you finding it lethargic? Are you just you know can't you cope with the day? You know like anything, you stay indoors. What sort of health, health signs are there to help? So we can help these people who might not even realise they're quite depressed. I
1: would say that it's been going on for you know a long not just a few days, you know for quite a while. Mm. Uh, you might notice changes in the personality, so they might become more withdrawn. Um, start to isolate themselves and, and again withdraw from fam- family and friends mm. you might notice changes in the sleep patterns so they might be sleeping too much or not sleeping enough Um, might be changes in appetite again not not feeling hungry or again eating too much to help them cope with those difficult emotions tearfulness um, not carrying out activities that they previously enjoyed so stop doing say playing football when they used to play football and um, So it's it's subtle signs I think to to look out for. Mm. But I think what's important is letting that man know that Mm. you're there, you know, and how Mm. important it is to talk. I think when we're anxious and depressed, we're so locked in our own head, you know, and we Mm. believe what we think, you know, and we believe those thoughts in our head that we struggle to see outside the box, you know. I think it's essential to then be able to speak to somebody Mm. because then it helps us see Mm. things from a different point of view.
0: This has been great, and just a couple more questions, and, and we're, we're pretty much then out of time. But I just want to ask you about um, again that perception of what causes it. I think maybe a few years ago it'd be because you've had a particular crisis in your life, you know, some like a death in the family, or um, you know, it's like you say, some, some some you know breakdown in a relationship, you know, uh, uh, that's caused Stressful you these problems. Work or, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, or... and I think you then are on the radar of people, then aren't you? You kind of people expecting you to be. A little bit depressed, or maybe worse—you know, yeah. um, suicidal. Unfortunately, um, do you think that we're missing a, a whole range of people who have not had any, you know, say, post-traumatic stress, but just are generally lives getting to them? Do you think there's people like that? I don't need those kind of triggers. That could still be
1: down. Definitely, and like I said, with the example that I gave, you know, there's no way I would have guessed that no. that young man, that man, there was, was no previous st-
0: history of, um, you know incidents that happens to that person. No, so sometimes,
1: yeah. um and, and what's quite worrying, um, although, you know, the seventy five percent of suicides are male, um, however more suicides more suicide attempts and there's more suicidal thoughts experienced by women, which shows me that less men are obviously speaking out. Um and unfortunately they're more likely to then go through with it, you know, and not, mm. not talk to anyone beforehand mm. and not give any signs away. Um, which is why I think we need to change society in general in the, in the way that we talk about mental health so that it's on par with physical health mm. um, and that from a young age we, we know to you know how yeah. to look after our mental health yeah. Um, that that kind of
0: leads on nicely to my final question which is about what you want to see in the future because this has been this is men's health week it's raising awareness but it is only one week isn't it in the year you want it to be an all year round issue so it's front of mind for a lot of people this this problem um so for you you know personally what would you like to see happen um, you know, for the future, for mental health, you know, as a whole across... Mental health in general. School, yeah, across schools and Specifically across Specifically for
1: males, um, we need more research, um, qualitative research, asking men what, what would be helpful, Do you know, what is it that you want to see. We need more male-friendly services, so services provided through a male lens. Um, I think there needs to be a huge link with physical health, so um, services need to be accessible for males. So whether that be we link with gyms, I'm being a bit stereotypical there, no, but you no, know, know. Um, link yeah. and have services provided at gyms. Um, but in in general, it, it you know I know there is a huge pressure on schools, but it needs to be um, changes to the curriculum so that we're taught about mental health from an, a young age, so that it's normalised. You know, mm. and, and that we realise any of us can struggle um and any of us can go through times of difficulty but it's knowing what to do or where to get that further support if mm. that's the case so we need to yeah. change completely Great.
0: um so the, the young people in schools then and teachers who are maybe listening to this how how can they reach out to you charlotte um, i mean i know we've got your website there behind us um if they google um, yourself, will they find Yeah, that?
1: if they Google myself, um, and there's loads of resources available um, on my website for skills, because I do specifically work working skills. Um, and
0: that's Charlotte Lowe, if we Google that we'll find you, won't we? And I know underneath here, if you're watching this broadcast now or later on, there is a link to Charlotte's website as well. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of resources on there, so that's free for teachers to, to download. Yeah, you will go into uh, schools as well, won't you? Yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: and, and they can contact me mm-hmm. about anything.
0: Perfect. And you cover uh, quite a big chunk of the Northwest, I believe. Yeah,
1: I work in a lot of skills and colleges within Lancashire, um, but then I also work um, in pupil referral units in Liverpool, yeah. and also I cover six local authorities in South Wales. So quite yeah. a, big, yeah. a big
0: chunk. <laughs> you're spreading, aren't you? Yeah. How do you cope with it all? <laughs> Someone needs to have a chat with you. Yeah. <laughs> Just make sure you're okay. I'm
1: very lucky to do a job that I love so much. Yeah. You know.
0: yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for coming and enjoying Men's Health Week and as well.
1: thank you for asking me because I think, like I say, it's such an important topic and I think it's great that you've, you, you want to raise this awareness. Brilliant.
0: Well, thank you. This has been a special broadcast during Men's Health Week to talk about mental health, especially in men and boys. A recording of this broadcast will remain available as well on the site in the next couple of days and the live chat will remain open. So if you've got any further questions for Charlotte, please feel free to ask you whoever you are. You can have an anonymous uh, chat with, uh, with uh, Charlotte and I'm sure she'll get back to you with some advice on how to stay nice and well. Uh, Okay, so this has been Learn Live. We've got another broadcast coming up tomorrow called Construction Live. That starts at 10.30, so tune in for that. And we've also got other um, broadcasts around health planned for the rest of the year as well. This has been Learn Live. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you.